0: I'm Andrew Alex from ESPN Blacksburg, live from the ESPN Blacksburg studios in beautiful downtown, you guessed it, Blacksburg. Join with me today, Ricky Blue.
1: How's it going, y'all? I hope I sound a lot better than I look right now, because I'm pretty scraggly at the moment. I got this this kind of like, you know, beard that's not really a beard, and I got this hair looks like crap. It's just a, I'm a mess, dude. So am I. So am
0: I. The good news about working in the radio is that no one sees what you look like so I wear a t-shirt and shorts to work every day now it's pretty interesting uh,
1: no nah, I can't I can't get away with that I wish I could do that <laughs> well, you
0: know, that's why uh, that's why you don't want to get a real job that's why you don't want to get a real job <laughs> that's why I'm just getting by here today I think we wanted to start off by highlighting the Virginia Tech sports maybe the non-revenue sports per se that had their seasons cut short due to the coronavirus. And at the request of our good friend, Jersey Hokie, after months of pushing us, we are going to start off by talking about wrestling. The wrestling team had a pretty solid season that was ultimately cut short advanced advance of NCAAs. Ricky, where does the wrestling program go from here? after another pretty successful season that ultimately never got to come to completion.
1: Yeah. It seems like Roby's really got things going in the right direction. I, I remember exactly where I was when I got the, the text that dresser was going to Iowa state. And I remember thinking to myself, cause I was actually hiking at the time. And I remember walking, walking down the mountain for the rest of that trip and, I was like, man, who the heck are they going to hire? Because I, I didn't really know a ton about Roby at the time, and t- with Tech being a, a pretty good wrestling program, all things considered, I mean they're usually in the top ten in the country every year. Um, I thought that they would have a, a really e- you know easy time filling that position because they were really going to have the pick of the litter, and when they chose Tony Roby, I was. Um, somewhat optimistic in the sense that, I mean, what better guy to continue Kevin dressers success than the guy who learned under dresser and Tony Roby. Um, But also I think we all had questions about Roby's recruiting ability and how well he could kind of maintain that level of success that dresser had, had established in Blacksburg. And as it turns out, Roby's done exactly what Kevin dresser did. and, And in some cases even a bit more, right? I mean, um, having a, an individual national champion he he's really turned this team into a perennial top 10 program and and they looked like they were going to be around that area maybe a bit lower uh this year and then everything's cut short uh it's a it's a shame i know they had some really good performances this year and, and then i think they were going to have two ncaa guys and it's it's a shame that they weren't able to go go to the tournament this year but the the program itself is in really good shape i mean the, the the overall facility over there if if y'all haven't been over to the tech wrestling area you should go if you're in the area i'm sure they'd love to give you a tour um it, it's a really good area they've got a really good program they've got some really good coaches in there um the the, the foundation is set and and robie's really really got that thing running like a like a v12 and um it's it's impressive to see that they've been able to keep that level of success despite losing Dresser who was such an iconic figure in Blacksburg and and really one of the the more iconic figures in in the whole country.
0: Now Ricky looking at the baseball side, obviously Virginia Tech has invested a lot of money in the baseball program Whit Babcock has been known for kind of being a baseball oriented guy, obviously English field at union park, the great renovations that they've done over there. The goal has seemingly been to bring Virginia tech baseball to that next level after they struggled for a number of years. Now in year number three of the John chef era, there was certainly some pressure to see actual results on the field in ACC tournament appearance possibly even in NCAA tournament appearance in the cards as he has been able to develop this program now obviously with the season canceled we don't really get to see whether that would come into fruition ricky what's your opinion on john chef on the job that the baseball team has done and
1: whenever they do start playing baseball again, is he going to be on the hot seat? I I don't think he'll be on the hot seat. I, I think he's done a, a decent job so far in Blacksburg. I, I think a lot of people kind of miscalculate or misunderstand exactly where Virginia Tech baseball was before the English field renovation. I mean, the, the facilities in Blacksburg in terms of baseball were pretty poor. Uh, relatively speaking, and um, the the English field renovation was just part of getting Virginia Tech to a respectable level and the level that you really want your program to be at in terms of your level of facilities, and I think it's done a good job in recruiting. Um, I think they've been able to elevate the overall talent level in the program. Um, I think we've kind of seen that in terms of the record uh, over the last couple seasons, and who knows? I mean, it was, it was so earlier in the year before things got cut that we don't really know how this year would have turned out uh, given that most of their conf- most of their, their games played were non-conference games. So um, I, I do like where chef has taken the program. I do think uh, we need to see some, some rock solid results in year four, uh, which will be coming up next. Um, but it, it is a shame that we're, that we're probably going to miss out. Well, we are going to miss out because the NCAA has already canceled all these spring sports. We're going to miss out on this pivotal year. And as and as we've talked about before, with even the the bigger sports, whether it be men's basketball or football, once you get to like that third and fourth year of a coach's tenure, you really start to figure out exactly what kind of program that coach is going to be capable of building. Um, and we're just reaching that point with Chef, with and uh, we're not going to get to see it at least for another calendar year.
0: Now, Ricky, going to the softball program. Virginia Tech softball obviously made big strides last season. What do you? What's the state of that program right now under head
1: coach Pete Demore? Well, it's pretty damn good. Um, they've they've really taken off here in the last couple of years. Um, I think the talent level was always there. Uh, I just think for one reason or another, whether it be injuries, I know injuries were an issue that plagued the program, kind of dating or predating Pete Demore, but. Um, since then they've really added a a ton of talent to the program and they're really starting to perform I mean Keely Rashard was one of the best pitchers in the country this year um, and she would have had a a great season had she been able to finish it out Um, so I I think both of these programs are really headed in the right direction and uh, I think a lot of people were disappointed when when Scott Thomas wasn't able to get things turned around before um, ultimately him and Tech parted ways but uh, I think Pete has kind of built upon what Scott created, because as we all know, Scott Thomas created this program, right? He built it from the bottom up. Um, and Pete demore's kind of been able to take that foundation that that Scott laid and 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 add on to it. Uh, and he's certainly gotten Virginia Tech back to where they were kind of in the earlier to mid-2000s uh, when, the, when the team was kind of starting to peak a bit. So uh, it certainly it looks like it's headed in the right direction um and it, it's it's in a better place now than it was maybe 2 or 3 years ago
0: yeah and keep in mind i mean virginia tech by the moment that everything started getting canceled virginia tech was sitting at 17th in the country 21 and 4 overall that's nothing that's you no know, that's that's no joke right there this was a team that could yeah. compete in the acc and possibly even make a run to the women's college world series
1: yeah, and the ACC is a pretty good softball conference, um, and and Tech used to be in that top like two or three, where they were ranked uh, for most of the season, if not the entire season, um, and then they just had some whether it be injuries or recruiting issues or whatever um, that that kind of brought the program down just a just a, a tad, and um, Pete Demore's really done an excellent job of of kind of retooling the program and getting things back on track, and he deserves a ton of credit. Um, and he, you have to expect that they're only going to get better. Uh, I, I don't see that program kind of nosediving or tanking or, or, or coming off their high that they've been on the last couple of seasons. I think things are going to continue to get better, and it wouldn't shock me if this program is is fighting for or is putting themselves in a legitimate position to win an ACC conference title here in the next year or two.
0: Now looking at John sung and the women's lacrosse team, things were looking kind of good for Virginia tech heading into this break. They were in fairness on a little two game skid. They lost at number three Syracuse and ultimately fell at the hands of Brown as well. But 7-3, Seven and three, number twenty-three in the country. Taylor Kasky having a very good season, and and John Sung and the ladies seem to again be heading in the right direction for a program that is.
1: I mean, how old Ricky? Just a few years old, and and uh, Sung has done just a phenomenal job. I mean, completely rebranding this program, retooling this program, building it from the bottom up. I mean, this program was basically in shambles. When Sung took over, and the the immediate turnaround that he created a couple years ago was pretty shocking. I mean, I, going from what they were prior to that, which was bottom of the conference, uh, well below 500, they are immediately ranked the next year. Uh, it was just a, a tremendous coaching job from from John Sung with really the same roster, um, and the, the fact that he's been able to continue that that higher level of coaching while also filling the program with, with upper tier talent. He's turned tech lacrosse into uh, into a serious ACC contender and, and kind of a national contender in, in all honesty. Um, so things are definitely going in the right direction there. And, and it's kind of this overall trend where since Whit Babcock has been hired, we've seen many of the, the non-revenue sports, the Olympic sports, whatever you want to call them, they're they're generally headed in the right direction not just on the field but in terms of structural improvements infrastructural improvements all these sorts of things um it definitely seems like the program has maybe not prioritized but they haven't forgotten about investing in in these smaller sports and i think it's showing on the field
0: now i want to talk about women's basketball here for a second obviously The women's basketball, the impact that the coronavirus has had on the women's basketball team is obviously one of the more disappointing things that has happened in the world of Virginia Tech sports because of this coronavirus. They were poised to make the NCAA tournament. I think they should just hang up a banner anyway because they would have made it. Uh, But since then, we've had Dara Mabry transfer, one of the, you know, probably the best player on the team. And Trinity Baptiste, who was the ACC Sixth Man of the Year in women's basketball. Bat, uh, Mabry is still chilling in the transfer portal. Baptiste, though originally saying she wanted to transfer closer to home, which is Tampa, Florida, she has declared her intent to transfer to the University of Arizona, which if you're not aware, it's not very close to Tampa. <laughs> I will yeah. Give you my small rant about I don't really like. I mean, disclaimer. I don't know. Maybe she has family in Arizona, and I don't know about it. But assuming that that's not true, I don't know why players do this. Say that they're transferring to be closer to home or whatever, and then don't do it. You don't have to lie. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's,
0: say just say I'm leaving. Thank you. Like,
1: yeah, I, I guess it's cause it, it's easier to say you're leaving. If you use the family reason, uh, which is, is probably what happens in a lot of cases. I don't know. I'm not familiar with, with Trinity's backstory. I do know that tech is losing two of their better players. I don't think either of them would, I would consider, to be their best players, I think Elizabeth Kitley was probably their best player this year. Uh, Asia Shepherd was pretty damn good, but these, but both Mabry and Baptiste did did play a serious and legitimate role in this team, and it is disappointing because Virginia Tech was on the verge, and most likely uh, everyone would agree that Tech was going to make the the women's tournament this year, and the the fact that they're not going to do that, and the fact they can't hang that banner and they can't use that on the recruiting trail. And now they lose two of their better players. It certainly hasn't been a great couple months here for the program. But that being said, I, I think it's hard to dispute Kenny Brooks's positive impact on the program. I know a lot of people were getting a bit antsy with Kenny coming into the season. I never really bought into that. I know they wanted some NCAA tournament appearances. Well, they would have gotten this one this year if, if it wasn't for a global pandemic. <laughs> and I, I would say um, I given how, yeah, <laughs> given how the program has improved over the last couple of years, it wouldn't shock me if this team is right back in contention again for an NCAA bid uh, next season.
0: For for context, talk about, you know, where they were when Brooks came in, because for some of our younger listeners or for some listeners who just might not care that much about women's basketball, they might not understand the transformation that's taken place and the starting position that Kenny had to work with.
1: Yeah. Um, Dennis Wolf didn't do a great job as the coach of, of tech women's basketball. I was fortunate enough to, to cover Dennis for a couple of seasons before um, Dennis was let go. Dennis, first of all, is a great guy. I really enjoyed um, covering his teams. I always thought Dennis was fair with the media for the most part. Um, and, Dennis did have a a much better last season uh, in Blacksburg, but it wasn't quite enough to get them to the NCAA tournament. And Tech was at the point where they needed to figure out if they were going to extend um, Dennis or if they were going to uh, move on. And ultimately, because Dennis wasn't able to deliver on an NCAA tournament, they decided to go with Kenny. And, And hiring Kenny, even though he was coming from JMU, he had a pretty damn good track record. The guy had several NCAA tournament appearances. Um, so even though it was a step up for him in terms of conference and, and recruiting landscape, the guy had been to places where tech hadn't in, in quite some time. And for those who aren't familiar with the history of the program, tech women's basketball used to be pretty damn good going back to, I believe it was the nineties and the early two thousands. This program was really, really good. And there were points where they were filling up castle Coliseum with 10,000 people. Um, it's kind of hard to, to imagine that now but that's exactly how good tech women's basketball used to be and uh, obviously it's hard to get to that point now but Kenny Brooks has definitely elevated the the trajectory of the program and it's hard not to envision tech women's basketball being a very competitive program in the ACC and in a competitive program on the national landscape as long as Kenny's in Blacksburg and I don't foresee Kenny leaving anytime soon I think he's pretty happy where he's at He's a Virginia guy. Um, he's, he's, he's hooked into the state. Um, I, I don't foresee him going anywhere anytime soon. Now on the men's side,
0: we've talked a lot about, you know, year one of the Mike young era. What do you make of the, the moves that Virginia tech has made or is attempting to make in the transfer portal this offseason?
1: I like that they're using the transfer portal. I, I, I think it's important that coaches use the portal. I wish that more coaches would use the portal in all sports, in all honesty. I mean, transferring has become such a thing nowadays that you can find oftentimes talented guys in the portal that either are overlooked or sitting behind someone who's really good or just needed a change of scenery. And for a team like Tech who is coming off their first season under Mike Young. They're they're still in the in the building phase, but they're kind of on that verge of uh, of becoming uh, a legitimate bubble team. I mean, this year they were an NCAA tournament team for for a few weeks, and as the season went on, we learned that that simply wasn't the case. But this team is really just a couple competent pieces away from being a, a, close to an NCAA tournament team, and uh, we saw that early on in the year with how well the team was performing, and, I understand that getting a guy like Cartier-Diara is a good add for the depth of the backcourt. I'm not sure that he's going to be a a giant difference maker and that he's going to be the guy that gets them over the hump, but using the transfer portal to to supplement those holes in your roster is exactly what the portal should be used for, and I think Mike Young has understands that, um, and I think he's trying to use that to the best of his advantage, and we'll see how things go that this off season, which is obviously not getting off to a great start um, for, for any program in the country right now, th- this off season is going to be pretty critical because oftentimes you see the biggest jump in growth from year one to year two in, in college athletes and how those guys jump up guys like Jalen Cohn, guys like Naheem Aline, how they, they get better and grow, from year one is going to, is going to play a big role in this team, obviously. So will the incoming freshmen, but those, those two guys right there that um, were playing their first, getting their first taste of collegiate ball last year, they're going to have to really, really improve and step up uh, because tech needs them to take on bigger roles next season.
0: Looking at the complexion of the roster right now and, and assuming the development of these players, what is, What's a reasonable goal for Virginia Tech fans to expect out of Mike Younger and the basketball team in year two?
1: To to probably be a bubble team. Um, they don't necessarily need to make the tournament. It would obviously be nice. But to to be right there on the cusp, I think, would be a reasonable goal for them. They have some talented freshmen incoming, um, Joe bamisiel and, and Darius Maddox. Those guys can play. Um, I, I don't like the prospect of of betting on two incoming freshmen that aren't you know top 10 players in the country to carry you, but tech might just have to do that this year. Um, Tech's roster is far from complete. they have plenty of holes um, and I don't think anybody is is surprised at that. I don't think anybody should be, but if tech is able to turn last year, which got off to a really hot start and then the team got exposed for the rest of the season. if they can go from that and become a competent team for the entire season and get to that bubble point where they're in serious contention down the stretch, I think that just being in that, being in those situations and in those games in, in February and late January, where you're really fighting for your life. I think that that will really help this team moving forward. So uh getting getting to the NIT is probably like a bare minimum for what you would hope next year. Um, but just getting to getting to the bubble, I think, is a reasonable goal for them and um it's certainly attainable given what we saw from this team last year.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I certainly agree, but I think that if this follows the trajectory of year two of Buzz Williams, where like you said they didn't make the tournament, but made the NIT. They improved as the season went on to the point where, if they had played at that level throughout the entire season, they certainly would have been in the conversation.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if they had if they had played at that level for the entire season, they would have been in the NCAA tournament. That win over Michigan State was 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 obviously their 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 resume builder. I mean, that was the headliner. And if they had gone on to play at a similar level and finished, you know, somewhere in the upper half of the ACC, I think they could have, could have been in serious uh, conversation with, uh, with all those other bubble teams that we obviously don't know who ended up making the tournament, but um, yeah, I mean, they 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 were right there for, for the first couple months. And um, obviously as the season wore on, we started to see um Lander's Nolly who obviously led the offense for most of the early part of the season he began to struggle and as he struggled the team couldn't really get going around him and i think Mike Young does have a, a bit of a a bit of a, a uphill climb coming up into this season trying to replace that kind of scoring ability because even though Lander's was wildly inefficient for much of the second half of the season he was still probably their most explosive scorer on the team. And if you really needed a bucket at any point in the game, you were probably going to him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree, but there was a regression. I mean, it's hard to deny. And what you want to see basically, I think, out of this team, I mean, and this is I mean no offense to Obisabidi and PJ Horn, but they aren't really the centerpieces of the team's future, you know. I don't think that they alone can lead Virginia Tech to any kind of promised land. But you look at Tyrese Radford, you look at Jalen Cohn, even Hunter Couture, plus the guys that they have coming in in Seal and Maddox. And I think that when you get to year three Jalen Cone, year three Tyrese Radford, year three Hunter Couture, With the other guys, sophomores, I think it's reasonable to expect and project that that could be an NCAA tournament team. So looking into next year, I don't necessarily think that they will be a tournament team next year, but you want to see some steady improvement. You want to see those core players improve. And I think that if you're a Tech fan that's kind of what you have to anticipate if you're being reasonable, right?
1: Yeah. Any, anything expecting an NCAA tournament appearance, I don't think is, is quite reasonable. I think that that's a a slight, I think that's a bit overboard. Um, but this, the main thing that this program needs to show is that they're continuing to be capable of handling adversity, which I think at times last or this past season, we saw that. There were plenty of times this year where Tech looked dead in the water and they either A, made it a competitive game down the stretch or they came back and won the damn thing. Um, that's the kind of resilience that you want to see out of, out of a young team that is, is really undermanned and is down in talent for most of the teams they're playing against. Um, but if they continue to show that that adversity or the ability to overcome adversity and, and that drive that you want to see out of players, I think you have to be encouraged about how the program is going. But to expect a team that's going to rely heavily, at least most likely, rely heavily on, on two incoming freshmen and a bunch of younger players at other positions to expect that team to make a run to the NCAA tournament just isn't realistic. And I don't think it's a fair level of expectation, but to expect them to maybe be in the bubble and possibly get into the NCAA tournament. I I think that's a a reasonable goal. And if they fall just short, I don't think anybody is going to be really upset. All right, Ricky. Well,
0: we're almost ready to wrap this up, but I do want to do one thing. Uh, One more thing before we conclude here. Since the time that, you and I have been covering the team. Tech has had a number of coaching changes, so a lot of Tech's coaches in their relatively more popular sports are new-ish, relatively. Yeah. Badcock, he's made a lot of hires. Yes, Badcock has made a lot of hires. I want you to grade on an A to F scale every coach that I am about to name, starting with.
1: Oh boy. Okay. All right. Fuente. Okay. Um, Given what we've seen over the last four seasons, I'd probably give it a C plus. Fuente hasn't really knocked the doors off. Uh, I don't think anyone would say that. Um, And there, there have been plenty of ups and plenty of downs that some of the downs have been, just downright awful, <laughs> obviously Duke, uh, 2019 is, is kind of the the main one that people are going to point to. Um, he has the potential to, to increase that and, and get better at that. But, um, I think a C plus is probably a fair grade for, for just, or for th- that higher right now. I'm going to give him a B. I definitely give him a B. I mean, like you said, I don't
0: think anyone's going to argue that he is, knocking it out of the park by any means, but the team hasn't necessarily regressed. I mean, from a record wise, they have improved, but you know, this year has the potential to maybe bring him up to a B plus or an A minus, but a failure could bring him all the way down to like a C minus to the point where we're really starting to question his job. So
1: I don't think you can give him an A or an A minus or anything resembling that, unless he wins the ACC? Uh, I mean, like, given the strength of Clemson
0: right now, I mean, I don't think you can give him an A, but I think you give him an A minus if they finished in like top 15 one or two years in a row, right? I mean, like, we would the- have to see exactly how the
1: season shook out, but uh, yeah. for me, I, I, I feel Penn,
0: like you'd be, you'd, you know, you have a one loss season and leads to Penn State or in lose to Clemson
1: in the championship.
0: I would say that would be a relatively successful season.
1: Yeah, that, that would be, that'd be pretty damn successful if they went, if they went 11 and one for sure. Um, or
0: even, even 10 and two, but it would be, uh, I mean, I don't know, Card ahead of the horse right now. Hopefully they play football this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all just hoping we can see actual live football here soon. All right. I'll give you another one. Kenny Brooks. Um, I'll go B. Kenny, Kenny hasn't, um, had a a overwhelming amount of success, but you've seen the, the actual improvements on the floor. You've seen the improvements on the recruiting trail. Um, to me, Kenny gets a B. I I think that that's pretty fair. Yeah, I, I, I'm going
0: to agree with you on that one. A B sounds about right. I mean, I think that he was, you know, batting a little below average heading into this year, but this year we finally got to see the development come into fruition in what would have been a year that they made the NCAA tournament. Again, hang the banner. They would have made it. Uh so yeah, I I think Kenny puts himself solidly in the B category. And it's it's uh it's good because like you previously mentioned, I think a lot of people in Blacksburg were looking at the results on the court going into the year, looking at Kenny Brooks's salary and saying, is this really the guy if you're paying him five hundred thousand dollars a year to coach women's basketball? And there were no results yet. But we finally saw some results, so Kenny moves himself solidly into the B category. How about John Chef? Uh
1: C plus. Um that, that that might be a little harsh. I I, I might go I I don't know. Well, we haven't really seen legitimate on-field results yet, so it's kind of hard to go much higher than that. But I think a C-plus is is somewhat fair because things have improved in Blacksburg, um, and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit for where Tech was when, when Chef came in. Um, but either a B-minus or a C-plus, I think you could talk me into either one of those because— The starting point for for tech baseball was much, much lower than than some of these other sports. I mean, tech football was was nowhere near where tech baseball was coming in. Same thing with tech women's basketball. The only thing that's really, really comparable is uh, whether it be tech volleyball, which is kind of which has already changed coaches twice now um, and and tech lacrosse uh with john sung so tech baseball certainly came out of a a starting a low starting point so a a, a b minus or a c plus either one i'm kind of on the fence speaking of john sung great him yeah i'm gonna give him a a certified grade a uh he's been he's been damn near fantastic um he's he's turned Tech lacrosse into a complete and utter afterthought into a serious program that's winning big games and has has turned into one of the better programs in the ACC. I don't think there's um, any any serious person that would dis- disapprove of, of John Sung's coaching um, record so far in Blacksburg, so I'm going to give him an A. Yeah, absolutely, Rick.
0: I mean, he is the certified A on this list. I think there's one more that we're going to mention in a second here. But John Sung has made Virginia Tech lacrosse able to – take advantage of the fact that they are a state school in the state of Virginia, a big state school in the state of Virginia in the ACC, Virginia, obviously a state where lacrosse is growing at the high school level at the youth level. And it's been growing for a while, but previously they weren't able to take advantage of it. John sung has been able to translate Virginia tech's competitive recruiting advantages. And the fact that they're in the ACC into results and you know, no longer an afterthought Virginia tech is a team that, can hang with the best of them. So yeah, John sung certainly an a, here's another a I would give Tony Roby.
1: Oh yeah. I would give Tony Roby an a, I understand that he inherited a good program coming in, but keeping a program at, at that high a level is often n- not quite as difficult, but almost as difficult as getting the program there in the first place. Um, so something similar to like, not that, that Kevin dresser was, was urban Meyer, but, what what Ryan Day has done at Ohio State to keep Ohio State churning like a machine is is really really impressive because once you're following the guy, it's really hard to 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 even be the guy or be better than the guy. And Ryan Day has done an excellent job there in Columbus. And then he, you, you take it to Tech Wrestling. Kevin Dresser was easily the the, the the one of the best coaches at the school. He was one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, I know he didn't win a national title in wrestling, but if you understand the wrestling landscape, that's going to be pretty damn hard for tech to do ever. The fact that the tech was even remotely competing with those guys was, was an absolute success. And Tony Roby has really, really embraced the, the fundraising uh, portion and the CEO portion of being the the head coach of the wrestling program. He obviously gets in on the mat with those guys still and, and helps and helps train them. But a lot of what he does is building the program outside the mat, outside the the room, and trying to get you know keep with fan engagement. That's one thing about tech wrestling is how they engage with their loyal supporters is really second to none. Uh, they, they've got an excellent uh, relations with their fans, uh, and Roby's done an excellent job, and he's a huge part of that. So when you when you include everything that it is about being a head coach, uh, what he's done with the with the cert. Uh, has been absolutely tremendous. Uh, if you're if you're not uh, familiar with that, go check it out. Southeast Regional Training Center. Uh, it'll really give you a kind of a an idea as to how collegiate wrestling works. Um, but Roby's done an excellent job. I give him a, a definite A. Here's another A
0: in my book. The Magic Man, Pete Damore one of the great turnarounds and one of the great one year turnarounds in all of college sports last year, Virginia tech's up. I mean, hard to argue with that, right, Ricky?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm somewhere between a B plus and an a, uh, he's, he's done an excellent job. Um, it's, it, it's obviously a bit early, um, in his, in his tenure, but what we've seen so far, you can't dispute it. So he's, he's somewhere around that B plus a minus range for sure. And, um, how he's able to continue over the next two seasons will probably determine, you know, if he's able to to stick around long-term last one, Mike young. Um, I'll give him a B minus, um, tech obviously folded down the stretch on the floor last year, and that's certainly not good. Um, but he, he was able to come in. He was able to get the team ready for, uh, a somewhat competitive non-conference schedule, not really, but they had a couple good teams on that schedule, like Michigan State and Dayton, um, obviously lost to Dayton, but beating Michigan State, I mean, the team overperformed for the first two months of the season, and any time a team overperforms, I think a huge portion of that credit falls on the coaching staff. Um, but Young has, he's kept with Tech's level of recruiting, um, obviously haven't gotten a guy quite like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but getting two mid to high four-star guys uh, and Seal and Maddox. I mean, that's certainly impressive. Um, we need to see how year two goes uh, before we can get a, a real idea as to where the program is headed. But all the evidence points towards tech basketball being able to get roughly to where Buzz Williams was uh, at worst. Um, and depending on how the, the, the landscape in the ACC goes, because it seems like um, the the conference is, is in a bit of flux right now uh, in terms of um the the upper tier programs mike young could elevate this program into the into the top 4 in the conference uh which would be a, a damn good achievement so i, I give him a b minus a b- right now um but definitely th- that can be that can move very very quickly depending on how next season goes
0: All right, Ricky, I'm about ready to wrap it up, but I do have one last thing for you today on the drive on ESPN Blacksburg. We've been doing Mount Rushmore's like every day because, you know, we have time to fill.
1: (laughs) There's not much to do, man. And I I think it's a great idea. I absolutely love that idea. So we've been doing Mount
0: Rushmore's. Today, the subject was Mount Rushmore of New River Valley Restaurants. What's your Mount Rushmore, Ricky?
1: Oh, boy. Um... Man, so PK's is on there for sure. I absolutely love PK's. All my friends love PK's, it's one of my favorite places to go whenever I'm back in town. Um, uh, Bull and Bones has got to be on there too. Um, their food's absolutely delicious. Um, Sharky's is on there as well. Uh, Sharky's wings are excellent, um, as are PK's wings. Those are those are two really good sets of chicken wings four um man maybe um maybe uh, boudreaux's boudreaux's is, is a really good restaurant now are we going for like bars or are we going for just i, restaurants?
0: Mean, I, I think this one i mean you could go overall experience i guess i mean like
1: my well alone. see so here's like if because if i'm talking strictly about a bar like i'll include tots on there but just because i like rails but the overall experience at Tots isn't really great because there's six thousand people packed into a three hundred person capacity. I mean, I've got I've got people like I've got people just just sitting on my on my toes, and they're not they're not meaning to do it, but they are because there's way too many damn people in there.
0: Is one that is enjoyable, kind of at the time when you're in school and then kind of, you know, I don't know how much desire I would have to do that again. Also waiting in mind. But that being said, I mean, have you been to bots yet? The, the
1: no. So, so like, bots, bots was like still in construction when I graduated. Um, and every time I've gone back since I haven't even, even thought about going to tots because again, it's just way too damn packed. I mean, I'd much rather go chill at PK's or Sharky's uh, or even Champs um and and go hang out there. I really do miss Big Owls. That was like my go-to place. Um Big but... Al-
0: Madhouse.
1: What's that? Big Owls was
0: a madhouse. <laughs> it was so much.
1: It fun. was, but you could always you could always find like a little corner where you could post up and chill and and just enjoy people being happy. You can't do that at tots. You literally, there's nowhere you can go where you can have any sort of privacy or post up anywhere with, like, four of your friends. Like, it's just not possible. I mean, I remember one time I went to TOTS, and we got there early enough where I actually got, like, to sit at a table, and that was the only time that's ever happened. So um, I I definitely would prefer, like, the Sharky's atmosphere, which is still a bit busy, but it's not quite as bad. And PKs Um, and even Champs, like, you can go to Champs, and you can usually find... Not not usually, but sometimes you can find a place to post up at.
0: I I, I dig it. I dig it, man. I mean, I I mean, all the places kind
1: I'm getting it. too old for that stuff, man. I'm I'm gonna be 26 here in in a in a couple months, so I'm getting I'm getting old.
0: All right, well, just for the record, folks, mine was Do South Barbecue, uh, Cabo Fish Taco, Sharkies, and the farmhouse but that was just purely based i was doing food rankings my favorite bars champs and
1: people well i mean if we're if we're expanding outside like just blacksburg i mean i don't know how far we want to expand but if we're talking restaurants you got to put home place on there right i mean i don't know if that's like too far outside of the
0: yeah I, i'm not i wouldn't say it's home place
1: Nathan, my producer here. A, I mean, it, it's a drive, but it's literally on the bucket list, so it, it's kind of the it's a part of the experience.
0: All right. Well, I'm ready to wrap it up here, Rick La Blue. Thank you for your input on coaches and food. We will. Sorry, folks, that if you came here for Mike McDaniel, his internet went out. So it's just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make but, sure you subscribe to the pod on all the apps you listen to. Follow us on Twitter. Um I mean, we've all got pretty pretty good followings at this point. Uh follow the the, the pod at Hokey Hangover. Uh tweet at us, let us know what you think, and leave a review. Tell tell us how much of a clown I am, because that seems to be the general consensus.
0: All right, we will be back. We'll probably have a extended conversation about the financial Yes implications of the coronavirus to college sports next time we record which will probably be around this time next week until then hang in there folks i know quarantine sucks but we are going to get through it thank you for listening to the hokey hangover podcast